0: Hello, superstars, and welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today, I am joined by Hunter Muse, co-host of the Melt podcast, which you totally want to subscribe to and listen to on the regular. Hunter and I like pretty much fell in love immediately when I came on her sh- the show that she hosts with her husband Chris, and we. St- Struck up a friendship pretty quickly and we've been trading messages and texts. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. You, oh, we have to talk about this. So today is the first of what will be a series of podcast interviews with Miss Hunter. Today, we talk about what it means to be an alpha female, which was super juicy. We got into sex work. We got into, uh, the trans conversation, victim consciousness and lots of super fun stuff before we jump in i'm reminding you to click that subscribe button to like to share to comment your comments actually do a lot in giving me better reach better placement uh in the youtube sphere i guess as well i'm inviting you to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. i have heard that google has unsubscribed people from my channel unwittingly um or that they're suppressing videos. Regardless, you still probably want to stay apprised of my books, my live events, my webinars, when new shows come out. All of that is most easily done through DannyCats.com. First half of today's podcast and all my podcasts is totally free on all of the audio podcast platforms, as well as locals and YouTube. The second half is available for paid supporters, minimum $5 a month on both my Patreon and Locals communities. That's dannykatz.locals.com, patreon.com slash Katz. There are links in the comment section. I think that does it. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy the hell out of my juicy conversation with Hunter Muse of the Melt podcast. I'm so excited that we get to do this and drop in. And I know we have a trillion things to talk about, but I know the first the first thing that you brought forth when we were talking about doing a podcast together was the idea of being an alpha female. And I, it was interesting because when you texted it to me, it resonated, but it's also nothing with which I've ever self-identified. And it's not even like a sort of organizing lens of perception for me when it comes to women, which is interesting because I seem to focus on it on men. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, like what is an alpha woman and what is the role of the alpha woman in 2023?
1: I perceive that there has been a focus, this this kind of hegemonic focus on men being alphas and us kind of looking as uh, to men as being the guide stone um, energetically. That women are more fluid than men are, and so it's important for us to look at the man as the one who is kind of a stabilizing energy. Uh, for me, I think that is looking at. at Uh, Humanity in this very kind of binary way like there's men and there's women and not really seeing the duality in the human and I think that men and women both have these divine feminine and divine masculine energies and so we tend to kind of focus on this male energy as being the dominant energy in men and not really understanding their feminine energy. And I think the inverse is true for women, that we look at women and, and we try to see the divine feminine and that feminine energy without really understanding that uh, masculine uh, perspective of uh, the female. And you know, women are emasculators if they're strong and they they have this very overwhelming power if they express that masculine energy. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that being an alpha female Um, means that you understand that balance is not stagnation. So balance is not this. It's this constant move um, up and down energetically. And so you can have a very feminine energy and still have very masculine energy at the same time. And so it's flowing within that that I think makes us alpha females. I see that in you, I see that in Emily Moyer, I see that in Laura Wilson, I see it in a lot of women who are in this space, who are very comfortable with their masculinity, and so they aren't a masculine. they're just very centered in understanding that internal balance that they hmm.
0: I like that as as you were speaking, it was I mean, it was like an of course. But also I feel like when for me, like when I unidentify from masculine feminine, it's easier for me to move in and out as needed for the situation. And I know there's an aspect of me that sometimes is like has this bratty idea of like, well, I want the men to do it. But like, realistically, we're all dancing in these energies and alchemizing them at all times. So that makes sense in terms of having the ability and the willingness to hold that frequency when it's necessary to hold that frequency. Is that does that line up with what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think that women, uh, part of the feminist movement, was this idea of being a ballbuster meant that you were empowered. So being kind of a hardcore woman. Uh, really was the driving force of the feminist movement, trying to make space for yourself and I understand that, but I also don't think that has to come at the expense of men, and I don't think it has to come at the expense of male feminine energy and how that is expressed. So to me i think understanding that there's this symbiotic dance that's happening with the sexes is what gives room for everyone to be in their totality and i think that's really the goal is not to come in like gangbusters like you're going to take over but we're making room for each other in uh allowing people to be free. Like in, when I was a sex worker, one thing that I realized, and one thing that I saw a lot in men is that men monetize their sexuality and their exchanges of sexuality because then they feel like they have power. And what that power does is it gives them the ability to let that guard down, So they can be feminine if they've paid someone in order to express that femininity and then they compartmentalize it and they walk away. So then they can be a CEO of a company. They can be this hardcore alpha male because they have a place where they've unpacked that feminine energy and it's okay to express that. But the monetization is the thing that was the necessary element to really let that go. What I perceive is that You can create that space for your husband, for your boyfriend, for your male partner, whatever, however you want to define that. You can create that space for men by kind of unclenching your asshole a little bit, (laughs) just relaxing into the fact that, you know, you don't have to control other people's emotions. You don't have to be in control over other people in order to be powerful. And I think that's the misconception of the alpha energy is that it's, it's about controlling someone else. And I don't think that's the most necessary aspect of that.
0: So when we're talking about, you know, a woman showing up for her partner in the same way that you were showing up for men as a sex worker, wherein there is this safe container, like, what does that look like? What does that entail? And where do you see women needing to transform or evolve to be able to show up for that? I
1: think it's not being afraid of um, the nuance of men. I think one thing that I saw when I pivoted and started to work as a sexual surrogate was that I had people that I worked with who were married, who had spouses, who, you know, these men had erectile dysfunction. And the woman would say, I don't know what's wrong with you, just go fix it. So what that's doing is that is saying, I'm not a part of this conversation. I'm not a part of your healing process. There's something wrong with you. It has nothing to do with me and go fix, like go get a lube job to your vehicle. Like it's kind of the same idea that there's a problem. And instead of seeing the the way that you could engage in that and, and work through that, it's it's you, it's not me. And, you know, some of my patients who were married, they were on the verge of divorcing their spouses because the woman was so miserable sexually that she couldn't understand what was happening. So there's a lot of um, blame being laid on the man for not being able to perform, which that word in and of itself, I mean, what does that say to a man? that you know, you're performing for a woman. I think when you start to see the healing process in that relationship, what these women were saying was, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because their problem was being fixed. So I think that's the first thing is that understanding that your partner is not perfect. They're not a performer. This is not an act. They have vulnerabilities, and that doesn't make them less of a man for expressing those vulnerabilities. And it doesn't make you more powerful to be able to pick away at those vulnerabilities. And I think that's the thing, is that we have this misconception of what relating to each other is. So that's where I live, is in that space of understanding the vulnerability of the human spirit. And I think that's part of the alpha energy.
0: It's interesting because, you know, I also work with men. I'm not a surrogate, but I'm working with men in an intimate capacity. And I see the same thing around the pressure to perform, the pressure to be like rock hard, the pressure to finish. Like it's all these like distortion upon distortion upon distortion and you know the shame that goes on top of it and and also like the problemization when oftentimes what i see is just like you want to be touched differently like you're just being invited into a new more expansive nuanced relationship i like but how it's like completely flipped in the larger narrative that like there's something wrong and there's this dysfunction and what it what i get from it and from what you're speaking to is just Or what i'm taking from what you're speaking is like how we have no idea how to relate we have no idea how to be sexual with one another like i just my heart breaks for humanity and like how how young we are how little we get we have all these powerful tools and we have no idea how to put them to good use yeah i think you
1: know one thing that that I have seen just in my own intimate experiences but understanding the physiology of the male body and the female body the touch that men want and the touch that women want these are two completely different languages so for a woman a woman you can touch an entire woman's body with this very light stroke almost like almost like a reiki thing where you're not even really touching and there this sexual arousal builds in that touch where men um, a man's derma is a lot thicker than a woman's derma so if you touch a man in a very light way it can almost be annoying so really understanding that each person and i see that i've seen this so much where a man learns the way to touch a woman, and then he just applies that to every woman he's ever been with, thinking that what that first woman wanted is what all women, wanted. right, women do the same thing. They they find this way. It's like, oh, this is what my partner likes, so that's what all men want, or all people in the future want. And so the dialogue is totally void. There's no communication of what's really happening. And some of them don't want instruction. They don't wanna be told because they feel like that's emasculating to say, touch me like this. And I think we have to step away from these ideas of what our sexuality looks like based on what pornography is showing people. And I think that that is, really where a lot of young men are getting their cues is from watching pornography and so they think that if you are actually experiencing sexual arousal it's going to sound a certain way or it's going to look a certain way and they don't understand that every human is different and every way that we respond is going to be different and so if you leave room to have that dialogue, what ends up happening is there's a real connection between another human being and a real level of arousal that can be obtained without having to just hit replay and replay something that you've seen someone else do and assuming that you're going to get the same reaction.
0: A thousand percent. I mean, porn is... It's literally destroying men it's destroying sexual relations, I feel very confident saying that I see it in my practice with you know the insane amount of erectile dysfunction in men in their 20s and it's heart it's so heartbreaking. Um, And you know it speaks to our screen screen culture and this whole media co opting of our minds and imagination, but even going back to what you were saying about you know, men and women having touched one lover one way and then touching everyone that way, it, what it speaks to to me is just how checked out everyone is and how we're not there. Because if I tried that with a lover and it wasn't working, I would be aware, I would feel that, I would sense that. And and I feel like one of the fundamental problems in the way that people in the West are having sex is it's like, oh, does does this person like this? Is this gonna get them off? So. Taking the goal-oriented piece aside, it's not about, am I enjoying this? Am I touching in a way that feels amazing? Because if I'm doing that, then I know it feels amazing for that person. But it's like, we're so many steps removed. Um, And yeah, I'm excited for us to be able to come back. Yeah, I think
1: that that's one of the successes I had by teaching Sensei Focus, because that you see in that is that the first step of going to see a sex therapist is you do a testing process. And the testing process is you. I would give a man my hand and I would say, now describe what my hand feels like. And you would be amazed at how many men couldn't do it. They just didn't know how there was no connection between what their hand was feeling and the nuance of the body. They just weren't there. So of course you're gonna experience a premature ejaculation. If you're used to masturbating and then a woman touches you, Of course, that's going to be overstimulating because you're used to the only sense, you know, which is your hand touching your penis and watching a video and having that exchange. So what I taught was, okay, first let's take the porn away. Let's just cut that element out and let's get inside of your own body and feel what it feels like to touch your own body, feel what it feels like to touch another human being and be able to describe that. Like, okay, there's a bump there. um, There's a little rough spot there. I feel like a little bit of a valley and just showing them the, the, the verbiage of that opened up their minds because it's like, oh, okay. So it's not just, Breasts and vagina. When it comes to a woman, there's this whole being there that I can rub her head or touch her face or her shoulders, and and there's a whole language behind that that I can really start to get into that is going to bring her more pleasure than if I just go straight for her tits <laughs> or straight for her, you know, and this ramming thing that you see in pornography where they, or this hooking finger, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my God, like, how are you, what, what woman on what planet just wants this like callous finger just jamming inside? This is, of course, this is a male dominated field where men are thinking, because that, that may be pleasurable to a man. If you jam your finger up his ass, like he may love that. But what I found was if you just say like, I'm teaching you a different language. You have your, the language of your body, but you're gonna learn the language of my body. It was so valuable to see people from sex therapy, And even as a sex worker, how men, I I said to myself when I first started to do sex work, I said, the one thing I'm never going to do is lie to a man. I'm never going to say something is pleasurable when it's not, because I'm sending this person off into the world, and he's going to then try to perhaps recreate what he's done with me with another woman. And it's the onus falls on me to create healthy boundaries and say, that doesn't work for me. Like you you can't suck the life out of me and then go and vampirically do that to other women. And as an alpha female, feel like I have done some justice to women as a whole. Like, no, I've actually set some predator out into the world. And he's just gonna go off and think that that's the way women like to be touched. Cause that's what he saw. And then he did it with somebody and they didn't, they didn't say no, so. That's
0: my long answer. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. I appreciate um, we have this in common, just the, the transpersonal orientation, because I'm so similar. Like, every singular experience is like, well, this is something I'm giving to the collective, so, you know, am I showing up in the best possible way for the collective? So I appreciate that we both share that. And in terms of, I want to go back to what you were saying about, um you know, how men like to be touched is different than women. And then this like porn fucking being very masculine. I think that the men have been indoctrinated against their own nature. I don't I mean, because now I'm thinking of like wild animals in nature. But in my experience, like when there are enough sensate focus exercises when we do like most men, when they touch themselves, it's the same grip. It's the same squeeze. It's the same stroke from the same angle five trillion times. There are so many other nerve centers there that can be activated and woken up and touched. There's so much more going on when we slow down and get curious. And in my experience, like when men are hip to that, then the whole thing slows down you know, because we're hypersensitive. And that for me is when lovemaking gets sacred and juicy and amazing. And I'm really not interested in that other pound, pound, pound shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, again, we have this in our culture because we want to disempower women sexually. There's this idea that all prostitutes fake it and that women that are in that space don't find pleasure, don't feel pleasure. And there's, basically like a, a big lie that's happening in that space that that is monetized and the man is lying to the woman the woman is lying to the man and in reality when I worked in a brothel I was dealing more with the public when I first started sex work I was working off of a list because there were men who were vetted so so I had kind of an idea an infrastructure of what I was dealing with when I went and worked in a brothel I was dealing with the public so You know in this culture and in that culture that i was living in it was very acceptable for men from 18 to 85 to be going into a brothel it it was on any given night you would be dealing with a gamut of men it wasn't just one specific type of man a man with erectile dysfunction or some kind of a, a sexual dysfunction these were healthy men so I was shocked at how many men, because there was a monetary exchange happening, some of them just wanted to be naked with a woman. Some of them just wanted to take a light and look at the vagina because they'd never felt like they had the right or the ability to do that. And so, in this context, because they paid their money, it's like, all right, I've rented your time. Now, let's negotiate what I'm able to do in that time and it might be you're in your underwear and he's naked and he's just stroking your body talking about what he did that day or what his what was important to him and again it's that feminine energy that is being allowed to be released in that space and so they feel like they have the right to be that way because they have paid for that right and again you're not going to out this person. You're not going to go and hunt him down or put him on blast on social media or tell his friends that he's sensitive. You know, so I dealt with a lot of very macho men that wanted to be feminine and wanted to share that feminine energy. And this was the only way they felt that they could do it is if there was a monetized element to that. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see someone who, you know, is a powerful person in his daily life be able to just be himself. And, you know, I would say, you know, how was your day? You know, you're the first person who's asked me that. You're the first person who's asked me how I'm doing. Because. We have shields up when we're out in the world, and especially men that have any degree of power, they have shields up. So to be in a place where someone is allowing them to just be who they are and not judge them and not say, you've got to be like this in order to be masculine, I think that was very freeing. And so that's where you get a lot of repeat people who keep coming back to you because they see you as being safe. It's like, oh, this is someone that I that isn't judging me for wearing satin underwear underneath my suit. And it doesn't mean I'm gay. It just means I want to feel this feeling and it's my secret that I have this feeling, but I can share it with this person. So I think that's the thing that, again, being an alpha is that you understand the, how to negotiate these different aspects of humanity without judgment maybe discernment but without judgment
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you think i'm curious about your take on sex work like is it part of a healthy society is it um picking up the weight because of you know women not necessarily being in the feminine like what's your take on the role of sex work in society
1: okay so that's a great question and not a question that people would typically ask me um and maybe that's because i do a podcast with my husband and that could be kind of an awkward thing to talk to really drill into this stuff um but this leads me to conversations about people like harvey weinstein louis ck Um, There are many willing participants who will engage in sexual conduct with these men, with these very powerful men. Part of the paraphilia is their own sexual shame. It's a power dynamic. It's the idea that they want to control. They don't want... Harvey Weinstein was on every sex workers list across the United States and probably the world. He could have had as much consensual sex as he wanted. That's not what gets him off. What gets him off is the horror, is the disgust because he has a lot of self hatred. So he feels disgusting about himself. So he's not gonna wanna be with someone who wants to fuck him. He wants to put someone in an uncomfortable position who doesn't wanna fuck him because that reinforces this idea that he's a disgusting piece of shit. I know Harvey Weinstein, I dealt with him a lot in the business that I was working in. So Pina had a lot of contact via the telephone. He invited me to an Oscar party that they had. Um, I was was very in his world. So I got to see who he was as a businessman outside of who he was um, as a sexual predator. Uh, So I think when you're asking about how sex work um, works intrinsically in our society. I think what you're talking about is women having equal membership and equal power in the sexual space. Mm -hmm. And I think for some women, because they have their own sexual shame and they have their own sexual hangups, they like to other sex workers. They like to... uh, to basically see sex as a hierarchy. So if you're married, you're on the top echelon of that hierarchy. You have a husband, you have a regular sex partner. And so there's that dynamic. What sex work does is it gives men and women an equal playing field where women have the option to have uh, sexual ownership in in a monetized space. I think that there's a reason why there's that old adage, it's the oldest business in the world, the oldest profession in the world, because it is, because we are constantly negotiating um, our sexuality, and there is constantly an exchange that's happening there, whether it be through an arranged marriage, whether it be through a gold digging marriage, whether it be, you know, a boyfriend and girlfriend that have just gotten together, I think we're we need to be able to put women in a place where they're protected. And how they're protected in the sex workspace is being given the opportunity to have healthcare, being given the opportunity to uh, be open about who they are and what they're doing. I think self-sexualization and self-objectification has become such a part of the human dialogue in terms of social media. I think women have the right to be in that space if they want, but they also have to understand what the implications of being in that space are. So I'm all for sex work being legal. I think that what's unfortunate, the reason it is illegal, is because human trafficking is the biggest business in the world right now. Uh, and there are governments and corporations that make literally billions of dollars on the backs of young girls who are and young boys who are sex trafficked. So I think there's that element where the government is the one who's stopping sex work from being legal. It's not because sex work is not happening, it's they want control over of the monetization of human sexuality.
0: You mentioned the implications of sex work. What are they?
1: Uh well, it's interesting because we've now come into a space where, you know, there's the OnlyFans phenomenon where people are are using and sex workers are using OnlyFans as an adjunct to their advertising and also as a as a means to kind of spread their, uh, their, the ability they have to be sexual across hemispheres, like you can have an OnlyFans uh, fan that is all the way across the ocean and was giving you tens of thousands of dollars and you don't have to have sexual contact with them or physical contact with them in the same way. Mm -hmm. I think there's still implications in that. which I think there's a lot of unintended consequences that we're not really considering uh, being filmed. To me, being filmed is far more detrimental to a woman's psyche and a woman's sexual health than actually having one-on-one sexual contact with someone that's not being recorded. So I think that's something to consider. And is that because of the objectification factor? I think it's because it never goes away right that's happening a psychic energetic loop that's happening i think women that are engaged in pornography have far um more health implications than women that are face-to-face sex workers that have sex with someone once twice three times and then they never see that person again Mm -hmm. i think you have all of this energy focused on you. It can be vampiric, it can be draining. And I think that it's far more detrimental psychically and physically to women who are in that space. And I think they don't really think about that when they get into that space. They don't think of the long-term implications. Like this is never going away. Right. You can recapitulate your your um your sexual energy connection you have with someone face to face, you can immediately recapitulate that and you can get your energy back. You can can clean yourself so that you don't have the same charged um, drain that you have when you don't know how many people are watching you in a pornography film or, you know, even in the only fan space, like well, a lot of women are masturbating on this space and, you know, they're using haptics and they're, they're doing things that again, it feels like, well, there's a disconnect there, but they're not really considering the long-term implications of that.
0: Yeah. I th- that's so important, really powerful. And I have that on the day to day when I see people with cameras and I'm not you know, if I'm not doing anything, I don't want to be in someone else's forever movie to do God knows what with, let alone to be naked. And I mean, yeah, I think the implications of that are so intense. I think that these days, probably all days, but I think sex work is very healthy for culture. The way I see it, You know, like you mentioned if someone's paying for it or men needing the structure, we're all paying for it. Like I have definitely gone to dinner with guys I have no interest in to get a free meal. You know, I know plenty of people who get frisky and will just kind of sell themselves, buy a drink, whatever. I mean, I think there's an honesty to sex work that I think is respectable and it does have me... You know, what I do is quite tame. I'm simply doing massage, no mutual touch. It's, you know, as tame as it could get, but it comes under that umbrella. And I really respect the men who know what they need. They know they need to be touched. They know they need energies to move and they love themselves enough to go get that. I think women could actually learn a lot from just taking care of what we need. And also the fact that it is a clean exchange. We're not we're not lying. There's no like emotional entanglement happening. It's transactional. And I also think, you know, most of what I do is approve of men. Like that's really what I think keeps my regular customers coming back is just kindness and love and unconditional approval and telling them they're doing a good job and listening about their day and how they switched out the chair in the conference room. And that's amazing. And, you know, just like rooting for them. But I also think it's healthy for the community, you know, like that that energy, you know, we. Male sexual energy creates a lot of violence and destruction in our culture when it's not being used properly, so I think it's very healthy for the community to be supporting the running of that energy, the using of that energy in a healthy, respectful way.
1: I would also posit that it goes the same for female sexual energy because there's this idea that men are the, you know, chest thumping, uh, heathens that need to get off, you know, but what is happening with women that have stunted sexual energy? What is the frustration that women are feeling and how is that playing out in this very kind of Um, us against them with women where we are fighting each other for the same piece of meat. And I think a lot of that has to do with how women are able and capable of expressing their own sexuality. I think women are just as sexual as men. We are just, uh, and it's not, I don't think it is as much now, but it has been taught to women that wanting sex somehow makes you a Jezebel. It makes you less of, uh, you know, it's this whole Madonna whore idea that if you want sex, that somehow you're a whore or a slut, you know, if, if you enjoy sex. And I think that's such an outmoded perspective. What's interesting is that men and women right now are having the least amount of sex that they've ever had historically and especially young men and women and i i would say that so much of that has to do with social media and the lack of necessity to go out into a space to meet another human you can have a whole reality on a phone have you know facebook boyfriends and have this whole thing going on but it is not really contingent on real human contact. And I think that's really sad because part of the magic of being alive is the clunkiness of sexual relationships and kind of that that really like that that discovery, those butterflies that you feel when you first go out on a date with someone and you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know each other's love language or how to touch each other. And I think we're we're really doing humans a disservice by taking that away and going into this space of artificial intelligence or you know the post human movement. I think there's so, still so much terrain to navigate as a human being with each other that we shouldn't necessarily be just using vibrators to have orgasms. Women need to be more comfortable saying touch me like this this is what feels good to me and really taking ownership of that and understanding that that may be an awkward conversation to have with a lover but the richness that's going to come from that is so beautiful because you're learning your own body and and your own pleasure and how to exchange that energy with someone is To me, that is the primal, that's the 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 essence of being human is that vulnerability and also raising our frequency together.
0: Hmm. Yeah, a thousand percent. And it goes back to you know the the conspiratorial leanings of my mind of like it's all deliberate to pull us away from one another because we need one another like there's something so different between masturbating to orgasm and then you know mutual orgasm with a partner of the opposite sex like there's a an actual like chemical hormonal mysterious magical thing and yeah i also think just that the the awkwardness and the humility that comes from that and like being nervous and you know spazzing out and then coming back together and it's okay and like we're losing that ability and we can see that in the reticence for humans to interact you know i can see it in you know like these young people in their 20s who are working service jobs and like have no affect and have no you know tonality fluctuations to their voices like they're not used to this we're getting worse at it and we were never that great to begin with
1: yeah i think for me that's part of the list of being an alpha female and these are just a few things that i came up with taking responsibility for your actions that's the first one not playing the victim card that's the second one showing up for other women i think that's really fucking important is that we are not each other's enemies. We have to be able to show up for each other. Um, Holding other women accountable for their actions. I think that's another part of being an alpha female, Um, being capable of discernment, not being lazy, asking for help when you need it. I'm not assuming that being an alpha uh, is a masculine trait, that you can still be feminine and still be an alpha female. I think making room for others is another one, Uh, being a role model for younger women. And that's really showing up for women is understanding that these checked out people you're talking about, they're in there. I don't let anyone get away with that. I force eye contact, I force engagement because you see, you can create the spark in someone else by just checking in with them. You know, I think that's a really important aspect of this. I'm um, working together with women, even when men are around. You know, my one of my teachers said that, you know, you can take two PhD level women and they'll be fine together, but you throw a homeless man in there and suddenly they're fighting for that man's attention. And I think that's so much, that's so true that we, don't need male approval in order to be in our own space, to hold space for each other. It's okay to do that when there's a guy around. We don't have to fight over that guy's energy. Um, Don't fight over men. That's another part of that. Taking care of yourself. I think that these are the things, there are 13 things that I think are so integrated into my human experience. I'm 54. So I've had a long journey here of trying to figure out what it takes to be a human being and understand there's constantly uh, a space for improving and understanding and learning. This idea that I think what makes people old is this idea of like, okay, I figured it all out and I'm done. I think that's what shuts us down.